Hi, we're the Astro Twins, and welcome to the Astrology of Success podcast, where we teach entrepreneurs how to turn their gifts into real-world success stories guided by the stars. Hey everyone, it's Ophi again with another Astrology of Success podcast, and today we have someone extra special. Well, we always do, but you know, our people are special. I am here with Gemini Kate McKinnon, who is a certified feng shui practitioner and the founder and owner of Creative Feng Shui, and I can attest to her powers because back in 2012, when I swore I'd never leave New York City, I invited Kate to help me uh, realign and configure my space, and that led to a whole odyssey of living both in New York City and about half an hour outside of there. And seven years later, that all worked out really well. So I'm not just a fan of hers. I'm also one of her clients and friends. And you're going to want to be her friend after you talk to her, too. So hi, Kate. Welcome. You know, before I keep introducing you, what's up? Hello. Hi, Elfie. What a great intro. Oh, thank you. Yes, you're one of my favorite people on the planet in the stars, and I'm so happy to be here with you today. <laughs> I love it. So, you know, today we're gonna we're gonna talk about what feng shui is. And um, at the time of this recording, we're teaching a class called Astropreneurs Summer Camp, helping people uh, use astrology and their charts to design businesses that they love and really tap into the star power of that. So our first exercise was a feng shui scavenger hunt going with the summer camp theme. And we took Kate's principles and the Bagua map, which we're also going to talk about. That's the grid layout of a space and had all of our students redo their home offices and spaces. So we're going to have a little Q&A section too in the podcast where they ask some really great questions that I bet anyone can relate to at least some of them. I was already like, oh yes, I have that issue too. So just a little bit about Kate. She she combines the Eastern practice of feng shui with a Western aesthetic, which is important because a lot of people hear feng shui and think wind chimes or coins or whatever. And it's a whole other thing, right, Kate? I mean, what? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> why don't you tell us in your own words a little bit of, you know, how do you see feng shui? What is it? What isn't it? How is it used in a modern way? Um, okay, I love that. Uh, yeah, so feng shui, the, I would say feng shui is the art and science of creating balance and flow of life force energy, what we call chi in your spaces, and that includes homes, uh, offices, buildings, lots, um, yeah, really just about anything you can do, but it's really important about how we balance the energy to create uh, harmony and peace and really to support people in what it is that they want to be doing in the world. So uh, it starts within and uh, people's space and providing that support, which helps them be powerful and empowered out in the world. Um, so that is feng shui and, and people hear lots of things, which you, you start to say about what they think feng shui is or what it isn't. And, um, I always say it's, 
in, in my in sort of in my world, it's about transformation. Believe it or not, it, it's not just about decorating. It's about all those things we do are creating transformation in your space, in your energy, hmm. and ultimately in you in the world. So it's very powerful uh, what we do. And of course, we want it to be beautiful, right? We want of course. it to be balanced. We, we need our beauty, all that. But it's really about supporting you and what it is you want to be doing in your life and in so if you say wanted to have a baby or move or make more money feng shui kind of does a as within so without kind of thing um and you look around your space right and see what yeah might be out of alignment yes. with those goals yes Exactly. So when people call me, they call me for a lot of different reasons, and some of it is just in their their current space. But very often, there's something they want to be doing. They want to be building their business. They want to be expanding. Uh, they want to get married. They want to have children. I mean, we we do all areas of life. I know we were going to focus on sort of more work, but um, you know, want to grow in their career. All those things. When I come and work with them in their current space, we're always looking at where they want to be, both there and moving forward and support them in that so it's looking at who they are in that space and you know if they want to move they want to like you say i you know i, I just help somebody move um i'm trying to think of all the things i do you know to help people they want to sell they want to you know stage uh whatever it is that helps them does it tend to be kind of obvious like oh you say you want more freedom in your life but you have a closet full of cluttered nostalgia from your past that you hate or you say you want love but you sleep in a twin bed futon or so i mean is it is it usually is there usually something that obvious or yeah oh yeah yeah you asked such good questions yeah so <laughs> um you know a very yes i love that example because um i can tell a funny story about that i, I have people come all the time and you know um a lot of women you know i work with men and women but i see this a lot where women say yes they want to meet the love of their life and then they have a picture of a lone woman from behind looking off in the distance and really what we're trying to do is have it be about pairs right like having people connect and be you know whatever whatever that is for you as a partner mm -hmm. and so I always laugh when I see that because they say oh I want to meet the love of my life but there's all these things that are about being a single woman <laughs> and my fa my favorite story is uh, I taught it uh, I taught um of course, for a while at the hospital, special surgery on health, and the doctor, who was a young woman who wanted me to come to her office, who was organizing it, said, could you come to my office? And, um, you know, I want to, I want you to function in my office. And she said, I want to be the love of my life. And I said, okay. And I looked in her relationship area, which we're going to talk a little bit about, the, the areas of life, right? Yeah. And in that relationship area was a skeleton. Because oh, my God. Because a doctor. And I said, well, you have a skeleton in your relationship area. You say you want to meet someone. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> and awesome. And that's funny? And she yeah. started laughing because she got it, right? You got, like, you got a skeleton in your corner. And wow. she goes, but I, I need to have my skeleton. But what do I do with it? I said, well, we don't get rid of it. We just put it in the area that makes sense. And for her, it was putting it in her career area. That would make sense. And taking it out of the relationship area. Right. But behind the skeleton was a picture of her dog. And I said, well, do you want a relationship with a person or do you want a relationship with a dog? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. 
Who can relate? Surrogate, surrogate partners, those pets. They do give unconditional love, wow. but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Great. Well, she was funny. She goes, well, I love my dog. And I said, well, then there's a place to put the dog. There's a family really area. Really <laughs> right. yeah. But that's just, I love that because it's just sort of, you know, I can totally relate to that too. Yep. Yep. And the other thing that you were saying too, in terms of the clutter and, you know, I know there's a lot of talk about Marie Kondo and it's been a really important thing to look at like what clutter is. And, you know, the interesting part about that story is when she first came out, her mother was into feng shui and she realized what was missing was that piece before you really get into feng shui. So clutter kind of is, you know, I always say people need to clear their clutter in order to be able to create energy and space. Um, so that's sort of, that's So feng shui important. is right after, so after you Marie Kondo, because, you know, Marie Kondo, Con Marie has gotten so big this year with her Netflix right. series. And I, I asked you that and I said, well, what's the difference between yes. Marie Kondo and feng shui? You said feng shui happens after Marie Kondo leaves right. your house, leaves your condo, you know? Uh, and, and you know what? That made total sense. Cause I love her show, but like she walks out of these spaces and they're clean, but the decor and everything is ugly. So I'm like, they right. need Kate now. Right. <laughs> right, right. Well, and I, you know, I work with people in clutter too. And a lot of times we're looking also at why they even have clutter, right? And so they get to look and see where in their space, if they have clutter in their wealth and prosperity area, they have clutter in the relationship area. That's very important because we say if that's an area, again, going back to what you were saying before, if that's an area that you want to expand and you have a ton of clutter in that area, then that's where we need to focus to move that mm. out and then balance everything. So that's a re it's, it's very much important to what certainly I do in working with people. Yeah. But it, it's, it's the next, it's, it's sort of the basis and, and certainly a part of what we do. Yes, yes. So, yeah. So let's talk exactly. a little bit. How did you get into this? Because you were in the corporate world. So how did you discover feng shui and, and start your own business? Because, you know, we're all entrepreneurs yeah. here, too. So we're aspiring ones. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it, it really, it, so to me, it's a funny story where um, I was in corporate. I, I am an artist. Um, I've always been an artist, but I got into technology, uh, discovered I had an aptitude for technology and ended up having a whole career. But there's always this artist, creative entrepreneur. Even when I was in corporate, I had my own consulting business for a number of years. So I've always had that part of me. Um, and so I was always exploring, like, where could I be doing my art? And, and I discovered, you know, I love textiles and I started being course of fashion to technology and textiles and hmm. uh, weaving and painting on silk. And my, my silk paintings got bigger and bigger, by the way. It was like, you know, oh, wow. <laughs> like whole wall. I had a studio and, um, and I was working with a coach at the time, an executive coach. And this always comes up like, how was I going to express my artistic? It wasn't creative because my career was very creative. It was like the artistic part of me. And we did this exercise out of, um, the artist way. And one of the questions was when I was seven, what did I think about before I went to bed at night? And I immediately said, rearranging people's homes. Really? And yeah. And I said, and my best friend had a dollhouse and I used to lie awake thinking about uh, decorating her doll. Oh, wow. Furniture for it. Wow. <laughs> and so, so my coach, 
turned out had lived in Taiwan for six years. And she was the one who said, Kate, have you ever heard of feng shui? And I had not. She wow. said, you really should be exploring this. Yeah, she, she nailed it. And I was on a business trip from 1999, right before the new millennium. Um, I was on my way. I imagine, by the way, if you read my chart, you would probably see all of this. In there. Right, right. Uh, I, <laughs> um, I was on my way to Hong Kong at the end of 1999 on a business trip. And she said, he goes, there might be a feng shui bus tour, but definitely see if there's a feng shui, I mean, a tour of Hong Kong, which there was. And part of it was talking about feng shui. And oh, wow. Drove, so all over Hong Kong and the island of Kowloon. And I really got it. I'm, I'm even getting chills just telling this story because I don't know. I always say found me. I was not looking. I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I got so excited that. I came back to New York, and at that point, feng shui had only really been known in the U.S. for about 10 years, and uh, and I was trying to find a school to get certified, and I lived in New York City, and I found a school that was out on Long Island, and uh, I got certified, and I've never looked back, and um, it just totally spoke to me, and it really integrated a lot of things that I'm interested in doing, um, but in that time, I continued sort of feng shui part-time, corporate yeah. part-time. And most recently, I uh, retired from my corporate life. I said I was done with that and with the intention of just going full-time feng shui. I just knew that I needed to do this. Timing so, was everything, yeah. right? But I love that you, you know, most of our people, you know, there's this, that whole quit your day job sort of thing. Like you kept working on your passion while you had your day job. And I know it, it's not easy to do, but... It's it's sometimes just what we have to do, right. and, it, and it also buys us some time to to learn and practice yes. and try. Yes. So I, I always like to highlight yes. that it's not like someone just woke up one day and decided to do their thing. There's usually a, a transition time. I just want everyone to hear your story. So I love that. Uh, so let's yeah. So let's talk about some of your clients that you've worked with on their. Uh, on their workspaces in particular, because we're focusing on the feng shui of success and work and business and how people can clear the path for that. So do you have a couple favorite stories of some of a transformation that you created? I love the skeleton story of the doctor. Any, uh, any others? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's hear them. Yes. Well, so one, when, you know, way back in 2012, when, you know, I worked with you, you introduced me to Gabby Bernstein, if you remember. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love her story because she called and asked if I would come function her space. And this is really powerful because uh, sometimes how little you need to do, but really uh, she asked me to come to his space and uh, had asked that um, her partner at the time wasn't did not want me to be moving things and beautiful place and stuff. But what mm-hmm. what was powerful about coming and working with her was that she at that time was had a loft that had like probably a floor, you know, from floor to ceiling, maybe four feet. And she was doing her podcast and radio show. So when she was sitting, it was fine. But if you stood up, you're banging against the ceiling. And I said to her, and this is the way feng shui works for me. It's a great metaphor. And I said to her, you know, if you really want to blow the ceiling, literally blow the ceiling off your business. And she was 
very successful at that time. <laughs> I said, you need to take your business downstairs where she had downstairs 20 foot ceilings, the beautiful sort of high ceiling space. And, and, and this is very applicable to people now because we don't need to be sitting where our computers are anymore because our computers, most people have laptops. And if they do have a computer, you know, you want to put it in a place where you, you aren't cramped in a closet or a corner, but really have space and expansion. So literally out of that, a uh, couple things happened. Uh, first of all, she sort of looked at that space to say where she could work with her laptop during the day and then put her laptop away, but also she was doing her vlogs and would be a good place for her to do that and really use the space that she had. Yeah. And that's a lot of what we end up doing. And um, and then she also had a, a thing in her front hall that was blocking and she wanted to get engaged. And I said, well, we're going to have to move this. This we are going to have to move. And it turned out it was a pause that got moved into the romance corner of her relationship oh, wow. and she got engaged. She did like, shortly after. I remember that. Yeah, yeah it was very And that was kind after. of a thing that, that was like a point of contention. Like, is this ever going to happen? I think or yeah. something. So, yeah. Mm hmm. Wow. Right. And so that's really powerful. That's really, and that, and that was with moving very little. It yeah. was very interesting, you know, and then we used her loft for other, I said, here's how you can use your loft. You can still do your radio show. It's a, it was a great little place. She had her stuff all set up. She was sitting, but really her, her main work, you know, was about expansion. And so that's mm -hmm. really important to me in function. Right. We're looking not just at the physical movement, but sometimes it's not the movement, but it's like where you're, what space are you working in? You know, where are you facing? What is going on in that area? So I love that story. That's great. And uh, most recently I've been working, I've, been, I've worked with a woman who, um, you know, is an award-winning uh, producer, executive director, dancer, performer, you know, has people do TEDx's. I mean, she's really mm. very, very successful. And she was um, in a little, um, she and her husband, who's also in the industry, uh, was in a small apartment and no windows, dark, and decided at the end of last year she needed to move. And part of it was because she'd been working. She was one of my coaches, you know, for speaking. And she said, I listened to you talk about Feng Shui and I realized like when I, I, I just realized I had to move and go to a bigger place and expansion. And so she moved to basically a two bedroom apartment across from Alvin Ailey. Oh, wow. And, uh, and, you know, I helped her with the move, sort of organize and move. And then I came over to her house and we were working in her office and her, her husband likes to work at Starbucks. And that's really important, by the way, you know, it was one of the things I always like to bring up, like, it's like, it's okay to work other places, right? You don't have to be sitting at your desk, like in this Right. Day, even if you have anywhere. a desk that's beautifully yeah, even if you have a desk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And exactly. So a lot of times when I work with people, I say, tell me how you work. Tell me like, Ophi, in the day and life of Ophi, how do you work? How does your life flow? And really work with that and then see where it needs to be adjusted or where we support it. And so in this case, her, her second room was her office and she's trying to figure out these two big bulky desks, her and her husband. And I said, well, I said, tell me how you work. And she needs to do podcasts. She does all kinds of things where she needs her death. And this other desk, I said, now your husband likes to work out of Starbucks. So she goes, yeah, he doesn't really like to work here and stuff like that. So, okay, great. And I said, well, so you need to get rid of that desk and sort of, this is your combined office. You can share it but you don't need a desk for both people. Right, right. And 
And so, so funny. We, we organized yeah. it where his stuff was going to go. Yeah. And sort of it just make it work for them. That's part of it. Like when we talk about feng shui, there are like guidelines, but then it's also about supporting who you are. So in this case, it made more sense to do it that way. So I mean, it's so funny because it's like you don't have to have every piece of furniture if you don't use it. Get rid of it, right? right? Exactly. <laughs> you don't exactly. use a desk, then don't have a freaking desk. Don't have a desk, exactly. So I came out into the living room. We started working in the living room, and the phone rings. And apparently her husband was at Starbucks. He called her, and he said, is Kate still there? She goes, yeah. He said, I just got signed up. I'm getting chills when I tell the story. He goes, this is too freaky for me. He said, but the script that he had been trying to sell for over a year, they called him while we were in their office talking about his, oh, wow. work in his space. And she just, you know, she was just moved to tears. And, you know, he's, you know, he got the big deal. And so wow. um, it was really powerful. It was really powerful. But it was funny. He said, is she still there? We were just working in his office. Oh, wow. So, so that, it's that kind of thing where, as we're working in this space, things shift. Energy shifts. Yeah. Um, the power of that is so powerful. It's so amazing. Um, yeah. So do we have time to tell one more? One more? Do we, Let, you know what? I want to get through the questions. So, yes, let's, let's hold that let's one to that. the end because I bet there'll yeah. be a perfect time yeah. to tell it. I've yeah. Yes. And this isn't your only time you're going to be on because we our people love the shui. So yeah. So let's before we go into some questions, let's let's quickly talk about um, the bagua, the placements. Uh, what is this map? So you use a map, uh, nine part grid, and that's all I'm going to say because you're the pro on it. Uh, right. Uh, and, and that's kind of the, the starting thing. And we're going to have the, you can download from the, the show notes, the feng shui scavenger hunt that our summer camp students did and do it yourself. Anyone who's listening, because it's just too fun not to share. So what are the tools yeah. of feng shui yeah. that you use? So, yeah, so the tools of feng shui, the bagua, which means, it really means eight areas. It, we call it a comp this that's like a map and uh depending on the there are a couple schools of feng shui and i'm in the school of feng shui the the um it's called the relational actually people call it western relational btb school but it's it's um it uses a compass where there is a grid. So if you imagine a square divided into eight, uh, nine sections with the center, right? So the, the ninth one is the center. And um, that uh, it it uh, has areas of life. So if we, I'm kind of going to go around it and then come to the center, which is, you know, we look at uh, family. We look at wealth and prosperity. We look at fame and recognition, relationships, love relationships, children and creativity is an area, helpful people travel, career, and spiritual cultivation. And in the middle is health, which we say health is everything. That's why it's the center. It's really like what yeah. we call the Tao. It's the most important thing. So people's health, peace is so so critically important to everything that we do. Mm-hmm. And so we use that to um and it's you know, it's a tool. 
right? So we use it to overlay, uh, I'll look at a floor plan or I'll look at a room and overlay it to look at what we call the energy area, energy areas of life, right? Like where it's a wealth and prosperity corner, where it's a relationship corner, where it's a family recognition, and actually their areas, right? The, the, each one is an area. And the way in my school of feng shui, we don't use a true compass, but we say the area uh, that is north, it's sort of on the, uh, I wish I had a picture. Yeah, well, it's in the, it's in the PDF, so it goes story. along with the, the podcast. We have that Bagua map and an yes, explanation of it correct. in there. So download yeah, yeah. that to understand more for sure. But, yeah. but the northern or the some people use the, a compass, right. some people use the front door, right, as they're set. Right, so the right the front, so we always say the wherever the front door is or the doorway into, so the front door to a home or the doorway into a room, we always put the wall where the career is, and we, which is called north, and we always start from that position of the Bagua, and then everything else kind of falls in place from there. So mm -hmm. if you enter a doorway and you're in the north, which is the career, the center is the career section, and you look to the far left, that's your wealth and prosperity area of a room or a home. You look to the far right corner, that's your relationship relationship you love relationship mm -hmm. and i just use that because a lot of people yeah a lot of people know about um, that yeah that's yeah. what they know of feng shui yeah. mm -hmm. yes yeah so so we use that and then those areas have related um what we call elements right so um fire your, and wind and that right your five right earth mm -hmm. earth right earth fire uh water metal and wood Wood, right? Um, the elements. And then each area has related colors. So the way we work that is if something's out of balance, we look and say, do we need to be bringing in an element to balance it or do we need to be removing an element, right? So if you have, uh, let's say, water in your fame and recognition and it's fire, right? So your fame and recognition area is fire and you have water in there, it's actually putting out your fire right so mm -hmm. that would be like well we need to remove the water from there so we and we want to have what would you know element or color or shape that's related to fire then we do that and that's kind of how it works so wealth and prosperity if you put plants in that area you know you want healthy plants you want to energize it um that's a really powerful thing to do so mm. we put things in to energize it and remove things that are actually blocking or you know destroying it or just you know we call it deconstruct, um, hmm. trying to construct. So, so interesting um, how you can balance it with more of one thing or another. Because you know you can't just go like, oh, it's not a perfect. You know, sometimes there's a cutout or a weird thing jutting out, which we're yes. going to get to in the questions. And it's like, yes, there are things. What you're, I hear you saying, is there are things you can do to compensate for that. So it's very. Very interesting, right. and, and that's why you want to work with a pro. I mean, it's always nice to right. try a few things yourself, but at a certain point. And, and on that note, Kate can be um, can do a consultation at creativefengshuiinc.com, right? That's your uh, – uh, or katemckinnon.com now, right? Kate, the old it's, one. it's now, right, right. They – they both go, I know. I, they both I go to the same one, yeah. No, I've got yeah. directs, too. Kate-McKinnon, yeah, dot com. Kate -McKinnon. If you do create a feng shui, uh, it does take you there, but um, right. my but, new yeah. site is. Right. 
We went with yeah. the name. Good move. Good marketing yes. move. And yes. you can also find uh, we. Kate has helped us build out a feng shui astrology section of AstroStyle. So it's astrostyle.com slash feng, that's F-E-N-G dash S-H-U-I shui dash astrology. So feng dash shui dash astrology. And uh, all we have a, a section about the different, the five elements of which one supports or deconstructs and we had a lot of fun putting that together earlier this year. So yes. um, definitely check that yes. out for yes. all things. Um, well, let's let's go into some questions now. So we have one from Maria. She's saying, mm -hmm. hi, Kate. I'd love some tips on feng shui around the working space, computer space, and uh, the go beyond keeping things clutter-free and organized. Well, what, let's, let's talk about the computer and working space? Because most, like you said, most of us work around our computers. Like, are there any specific tips uh, for Maria that you have? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, we talked a little bit about the computer, laptop or desktop. Um, we always, in looking at a space where you're going to put your desk, if you're working with a desk, it's really important. Um, ideally, you want to put it in the far left-hand corner of a room, um, mm -hmm. which is your wealth and prosperity area. Um that's the ideal, but like every room, there are variables that may make it uh, either difficult to do that, um, but you, you want it to be so your back is to the wall. So you have you want to have it over in that area, and you want to have it so your back's to the wall and you're facing the doorway, which a lot of people put their desk. They say, oh, I want to look out a window, and they have their back to the door. And this is about putting you in the command position so you get to see who's entering your space. And this goes back to, like, the, you know, ancient, you know, when people were living in farms and or, you know, even go, I think about caves, right? Like, you want to know who's coming into your space you want to feel right. empowered it's about security and safety but it's about giving you power um, in your position so that's why we call the commanding position really important and you want to of course like practical things like you want to have a good solid desk what is best um, some people have metal mm -hmm. um, you know good solid chair and I can tell you from my own experience when I went from the corporate home I did not have the best desk or chair and it really caused problems I said you know Miss Feng Shui here you know better <laughs> you need a good desk and a yeah. good chair you need the support right and uh, so it's kind of I had to laugh at myself because I'm human too right I know mm -hmm. these things and then I go and I say well I'm just going to work with what I have um, and you do want to keep your desk clear you do want to have um, I How always do you keep people, your desk clear? Um, let's let's talk. Yeah, I mean, I think you're about to say that, but like, it sounds great. Yeah. But how do you keep your desk clear without well, shoving a bunch of stuff yeah. under it? Hacks. Yeah. Please. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, really, I mean, this is you know, this is about being organized and and also. Um, and for me, this was my corporate training. I always had to clear my desk at the end of the day, and it's one of the best things. I ever learned from the work oh, I wow. did where it's like organize myself so I bring out the stuff I'm working on I don't have everything on my desk 
I'm working on that. It helps me focus. But what it also means is everything has a place and every place has a thing. So if you have stuff, right, we all hmm. do. I do. You know, I have an armoire where I have to put things away and then I bring things out. And, you know, part of that is, of course, organizing that. But to really have the space, because, again, it's that expansion. And, and you can try it yourself. Right. Like if you have you have so much stuff in your desk and you're trying to find stuff, you feel kind of overwhelmed and clutter and, you know, like uh, heavy. And then you clear your space and you just have your computer and you're working on one thing. You actually feel lighter. You feel freer. Oh, you're God, more focused. Yeah. And it's really empowering. So it's about the desk. It's about the chair. This definitely the position, um, you know, ideally a solid wall behind behind, behind you. your back or by in my case if you see if you've ever seen my pictures I have I think it's even um in the on your website I have a beautiful bookcase that's behind me that's sort of you know yeah. there's a picture of my desk um there and that's very, that's been very powerful for me and again it's facing the doorway um and I encourage people you know I work with somebody recently who you know again had stuff stuff under her she had an open desk but she had stuff under her desk and stuff in front of her desk and we cleared all that and we found places going first she was like what am I going to do without all my stuff right and now she feels so free what are we some did- places that people put stuff to keep it out of the way that isn't like that they're kicking it under their desk or like can you well yeah, yeah like- that's a good question right so you don't want to just put it under your desk and like uh if you have a credenzer if you have an armoire you have something where you can put file folders in right like i have boxes that hold my file folders and then they're in there they're organized i pull them out and and by the way i'm again i'm human so Sometimes I put things in there and then I go, I have to put these away because I can just feel it. Like I get blocked working that way. I yeah. can suddenly feel like I'm not as productive as I was. So a lot of this is about productivity. It's yeah. really important. Don't the look at the thing you're so, not working yeah. on. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, a lot of our people have like they call micro spaces or whatever. Are there? Yeah. I've also noticed, you know, because our tribe tends to be sort of conscious entrepreneurs who are givers and ta- and caretakers and people pleasers sometimes as well. And I'm speaking for myself too, no judgment. But so with the idea of turn, this is, sounds so simple, but it's really a big deal for some people. The idea of turning your desk around, um, not shoving it against the wall. There's sort of a, like a lot of people, you know, when they, they say, all right, I'm going to take some time and start my business and focus on me, but I don't want to upset anyone who, you know, is used to me being this caretaker. So I'm going to take up the least amount of space possible. I'm going to work in the laundry room. This is a real story. Or I'm going to shove my desk into a corner because if I, if I turn it out facing, it'll, stick out two feet farther from the wall and the kids need that area to play and my partner needs this and da, da, da. and they're always thinking about everyone else, which is obviously not the command position as you called it. But, you know, how can people shift their mindset about that? Is there like an uncomfortable adjustment period or something that they have to go through? I'd love yeah, to hear well, people they do. All mm-hmm. of all of all of the above. All the above. Okay. People have they. It, it is common. It is more common than not. 
that everybody wants to face the wall. They want to hide the corner. I just did a beautiful place. A woman had a gorgeous place down in Florida, but like well done, like top designer, all this stuff. And she had, it was like a little closet and she goes, here's my desk. Oh yeah. I was like, wow. Okay. And yeah, and she lives alone. It wasn't, but she's like, here's my desk. And we talked about the importance of her being expansive. Meanwhile, her laptop was out in the power area, by the way, in her living room. And I said that, so you can, right? Like if you don't have a desk, we're going to start there. You don't have a desk. Like I'm, by the way, I'm in uh, at the point of this podcast, I'm in the Berkshires in an Airbnb. Uh-huh. They don't have a desk in the wealth and prosperity corner, but they do have a dining room table. I take my stuff out. I work here when I'm working. I'm set up here, totally empowered. And then I put things away. And that was pretty much what I said to this woman. I said, you have your laptop, you have it out, you bring out what you need. She was also working in the kitchen. It's a natural place. She set herself up. Like, so you don't have everything that you think you need on a desk. She had what she needed and she worked from there. And it was like, it was a natural thing. So we think we have to put ourselves in the corner. We think we have to have like a place. If we don't have it, that's fine. Um, If we do have it, then the the discomfort of being able to turn around. And and I, I, I can tell you, I have so many stories where people turn things around and it changed their life, right? Wow work differently. They were empowered. Um, I, I don't know. I could go on, but it, it's worth doing, but I understand that people, you know, it's the tendency is to not. And also so be uncomfortable things against the wall. Yeah. It's it feels safe. Yeah. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. But it, but you it know, so doesn't have to be uncomfortable for a change. I mean, change is not comfortable by nature. So, um, if you if you change yes. your de- if you turn your desk around or your workspace and you're uncomfortable, that might be a good thing. So don't immediately rush back to what is comfortable. Is what I think I hear you saying. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's exactly. There right. was another interesting that's question exactly right. about um, uh, large open concept spaces, lofty kind of things. I know a lot of people work in that. I personally think that that modern open plan, everyone at a desk together is like, that's my idea of what hell probably looks like, which is probably why I don't work in an (laughs) office. Um, But say you just have a big room and it's just like, oh, big white box or whatever. Like any feng shui thoughts? I mean, obviously the grid works probably to help you place things, but anything to make it feel a little more intimate. Right. So, so yeah. So big spaces are, are, you know, wonderful and a challenge, right? And um, I always, in working with a big space, I think everything is, you know, even if you're like putting a living room, dining room, a kitchen in the same area, you want them, you sort of, you're arranging your space and there is a way to arrange like how you're going to do your living room, how you're going to do your office. So it's like, there's no walls, but there's an area, like if you can put your, you know, desk in the far left-hand corner of that big space and the the wealth and prosperity area, that's great. You know, Mm -hmm. I think of seating, it's sort of, it's like having a family room where your seating area, your living room and dining room and kitchen sort of can look like they're in their own space, but they're related. And I, I, I hope this is translating. That you makes want to sense. Think about, you create sort of a yeah. linking, but yeah. not, you, you can zone things in a way, right? Exactly. The okay. way you arrange them. So it's like, 
they're related, but they're separate mm-hmm. and they, but they look like they all go together. It's a very interesting way of doing it, okay. but then it makes sense. You come in and you're, there's flow and it's not the, the thing I was going to say before. It's like people have a tendency to think they have to like square things off. Feng Shui, we like round, right? We like energy likes to move around. Energy likes to flow. So it's not like having everything against the wall, which a lot of people do. And then when I say to them, they say, we need to use the space. I say, well, you have big floor space, but what are you, what are you saving it for? Right? right. It's meant to be used and energy loves that. It loves to kind of move around. And, and so it's not about blocking energy, but it's about creating sort of, uh, like an energy thing. Energy is really circular. It's not square and it's not just fitting in a box. Hmm. So we want to have that feeling of flow in cir- circles, right? Uh, um, Brown is better in feng shui than square. Like you want a square space, but in that you want energy to sort of flow. And it likes more like things that are circular and kind of uh, don't go straight Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. You don't have to make everything fit on a grid. So, um, right. Right. So we have a question from Kelly and, uh, these are a couple of people asked about doors and closets. So, um, you know, what if there's yes. a door or what if your door isn't in the middle of the room? Lucia asked and Kelly said, are closets part of whatever area the door is in? So we have, like she, Kelly says, if the closet door is in the wealth and prosperity corner, does the closet space also represent wealth and prosperity or do you stop, is it, do you stop at the outside of the door? No, you have, if you, right. So in that, in that instance, we'll talk about doors. Um, There's, so there's, and we'll talk, I'm going to talk about two ways. One, there's the entrance way to a home, right? Whether it's an apartment or a house. Um, And then there's the entrance way to a room. Um, And so it can be, it can be, and we'll start with Kelly's question, right, with the room. And then in the room, there's a closet, right, in the wealth and prosperity area. So the way I would look at that is you enter a room, you look to the far left, you say, oh, that doorway, you enter the doorway. And it can be sort of left, center, or far right, doesn't really matter, it's that wall where the doorway is, is, as we said, north. And then the far left corner is what? Southeast. It's a, that far left corner is wealth and prosperity. The closet is part of the room. We don't see the closet as a separate space. And if it's in the wealth and prosperity area, which happens, yeah. right? Then, then you still energize that area. But things like if you have stuff in your closet, you want to make them organized. Um, I would put by that closet, depending on what it is, I might energize it. Again, this is situational. I can't see it, but I would, you know, if you want to energize it, there are things that you could put on the wall, right? You know, mm-hmm. Things that, that are related to wealth and prosperity. There might be something you could put on the door, though I tend not to hang things on doors, by the way, so I'm going to okay. take that off. Um, but you know, maybe there's like a mirror to the left of the door of the closet that you can use to energize wealth and prosperity. Um, but you do want to make sure if you have a closet in the wealth and prosperity area that it's not cluttered. Um, that's really, so when in doubt, just make sure that there's no clutter in whatever that 
right. extra or questionable right. area is. Right. We have a couple right. questions so about multiple. So closet as a separate room. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yes. You don't yeah. do a grid for your closet. You include it right. and energize it and declutter it. So. Right. We have exactly. a couple questions exactly. that are interesting about, um, because some people are just kind of feng shuiing the room and the office space. And so um, yeah. they're wondering when there's two entrance points to a room, which one do you count as the main door? Um, yes. That's an interesting right. one. Yeah. So I, I, um, I, I, that's going back to the front door, right? Like, so if you're entering a home, right, and a home is to me an apartment or a house, right? There's only one main entryway. So when you're looking at the overall floor plan, there's, there's, and I'm going to use a house because this is more common to a house and then you have other ways of entering from the garage right or like the side mm-hmm. entrance or where the family goes through the mud room or whatever um and i would say you know there might be like one or few i don't know you know someone might correct me on that but that that homes traditionally have a a main front door whether anybody ever uses it that is the main front door and that okay. is how you look at the space when you're saying i'm looking at the floor plan for the from the front door overall i always use that and it, it may be the space it may be the door that only your guests enter right people you don't really know very well but they come and they ring your doorbell that All is right. the door um, you know, if there are other doors, that's fine, but they're, that is, they're not the main door. And, and so they're treated differently than, um, the front door. Now, you know, if you're looking at a room, like in a kitchen and you have, you know, again, you have an entryway when you come into the house and you go into the kitchen, even if there's a doorway coming in from say the garage, right. Or, you mm-hmm. know, there's a, I have you know, somebody has a carport or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I have that too. That door is not considered a doorway the way the entry into the kitchen is. So our, we Got enter it. our house, you can see the kitchen door from the front door and you go in and that is always the door that we use as the entry into the kitchen and then everything goes from there. So if you're already in the house and you've entered, no matter what, you know, if you're already in the house, it's the doorway in the house that you enter into that room through, not a carport or garage door or secondary door. Or if you have a room that has two doorways, like from the house, would it be the one that you tend to enter from the most as that would be treated as the main door? Or the one that kind of... For the front door? Well, say you have a room in the middle of your house that has two entry points from within the house. Because a few people asked about that. Uh, Like a front room kind of thing. What? How would you determine the front of that one? Just to throw a little wild uh, card at you. Yeah, that's... That's situational. Would be, it would be the one, like, if you... I'm going to say, let's say you're coming up a stairway and you come and it's like the first door you see, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like sort of how you're entering it. Um, that I'm trying to think, I mean, sometimes you have like circular rooms, but like yeah. I have the dining room. I have a big open area, by the way. It's like, and so I, I appreciate this, but it's like, if I come in the front door and I go in the living room, the main way to enter the dining room 
is from the front, not through the kitchen, right? The kitchen, you're in the kitchen. So I always situate my dining room from the main, I'm coming in through the living room. That's how people primarily, so I think if that's helpful, that's how I see it. Sure, Um, like the primary access point that makes the most sense in your house, like just whatever feels like it would be. Okay, because I know people were, you know, really asking about that sort of uh, Yeah, great, great questions. These are all great questions. Now, we have uh, the difficult area stuff, so... Um, Roxanne says, my wealth sector is in my laundry and cubby part of my kitchen, and my love sector covers most of my bathroom, the linen closet, and the clothes closet. How screwed am I? That's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we we could talk about water a lot, right? So um, in the, the, um, what did you say, it was in the wealth? Area. Yeah, the, the uh, laundry is in the wealth. I had somebody else who had that. It's like, does that mean you're going to be a money launderer? Yeah, yeah. Are you going to be spinning all the yeah, time? Or... <laughs> um, yeah, and and this goes with bathrooms too in the wealth area. Um, you know, water and all that stuff is about draining energy, right? You want you want to have like you could have wealth and prosperity. You could have like a fountain or something generating water, right? But you really. Um, anything that's kind of draining that has pipes and stuff like that and water runs out. Um, it's like, you want to be able to lift it. This gets into more, uh, you know, um, without seeing it, I'm going to give a general thing like in the bathrooms, if that's in the wealth and prosperity area, we, you know, we bring plants in there, right? You want to bring in live energy. You want to be lifting it. And we put crystals, believe it or not hanging over the area like the toilet like you oh, know wow. and it's a whole way of how to do that i don't have time to explain no that's area. okay you i'm like just you know over that's interesting you want to lift the energy and i would do that <laughs> in that little laundry room i probably would put a crystal kind of lifting the energy interesting there. okay um but there are other this is where you get into sort of more traditional there are tradition some traditional cures for depending on where it is and what's going on in that area, what we need to do to either protect you from it or lift it, right? But to keep it from, because it's about draining, right? Mm-hmm. Water is about okay. drained. Yeah. I have a bathroom in my house energy. that's in the wealth area, and I've been and I've been closing the door to it always, but that's... That's good, too. That's yeah. good. But yeah, crystals. that's good. But you have to have a okay. way of lifting it and kind of energize. You want to lift the energy. You want to put something green in there, even Got if it. you can do that. I can do that. Okay, that's so yeah. interesting. Okay, Roxanne. And then we had another one. Jordan was saying, my wealth sector encompasses my partner's bedroom closet because we can feng shui, but if our significant others won't shui along, then, you know, they can kind of uh, undermine our efforts. So... Well, sector encompasses my partner's right. bedroom closet, my partner, the hoarder, and I'm not allowed to touch anything. Now, that's a dilemma. How would you yeah. deal with that one? Yeah, that that is a dilemma. So that's, that is a dilemma. I will say that. Um, and that is, you know, one of the ways we look at feng shui and I, when I'm working with people, right, and with couples and, you know, partners, that you know, where do you not go or where is the energy blocked, right? Where, and that, I see this as an area say, okay, I would ask, you know, 
are there issues with money, right? Like in your wealth and prosperity, sort of, are there issues? Really what I'm saying is it's highlighting there's something there, not just in the room Mm -hmm. with an individual person, but in the relationship, in the partnership, in the home, in the life that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's as in my professional experience, that has been I've I've had to uh, work with people with things like that. And part of what I would say is the conversation would be, you know, about wealth and prosperity. You know, our money. You know, what do we need to be doing to um, increase it? And understand from a relationship perspective and a life perspective that that stuff in the wealth and prosperity corner is blocking it. And that then there are, you know, the, of course there's, you know, the person, whether they want to keep it or why they want to keep it to understand that that energy actually is blocking them whether they, they want to believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And that depending on what it is, you know, hoarding can go, you know, there's a spectrum there, but I would say anybody that's putting stuff in the closet and not wanting to let go of it, you know, part of it is what is that? Can it be put somewhere else, right? Where it could, where it belongs? Mm. Um, or is it about letting go of something? It's a lot about letting go here, right? Yeah. Like what is there letting go of? What's being stored in there? And, and energy, and this is really important. Things retain energy. So if you have stuff in there, and I have examples where people have had old divorce papers, they've had taxes, they, you know, somebody put a gun under their bed, like that Mm. energy affects you, right? So to understand that whether you want to believe it or not, it is affecting you. And when you start looking at what it is that's in there, paper retains energy, things retain energy. Yeah. You know? Someone asked about thrift um, shop, thrift store stuff too. What, yes. what do you say to that? Like yeah. someone else's yeah. energy. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's sort of the relational thing, like what's going on in the relationship that needs to be looked at. And, you know, from a partnership, if that's affecting people's wealth and prosperity as partners, right. Yeah. Um, what does that mean? And um, having that conversation and understanding that that actually is impacting not just one person, but the family um, is really important. And then sort of to your point about, um, what was it, thrift stores? Yeah, Yeah, like does that retain, um, you have to cleanse things. Right, right. And so that to me would be, you know, people love thrift store and they want to know if there's energy. I smudge things. That that okay. is to me the clearest way. By the way, and I my my husband, this is a perfect example just to know, he bought an old uh Porsche hmm. that had a history of a divorce, you know, uh, you know, glo- uh, really a golf club breaking the window, pipelines oh, wow. cut, right? Like that. And I smudged that car, man. We didn't even know. And I kept saying, tell me a little bit about what happened. And it wasn't even his. It, it, he bought it from, it was like someone was getting divorced and sold the car and he got it. And the history was still there. And I'm telling you, it took me, they're not big cars, right? right. An hour and a half, I was smudging that car and I would do the wheels <laughs> and the, 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 the smoke would go out. And I would light the smudge again until the wheels, like it was clear and the smoke stayed. And it turned out like 
tires have been busted, right? Like, oh, wow. So, guys, there is a no. disclaimer. If you start to do feng shui, you may, spend, you may need to make a budget for a therapist <laughs> or, you know, a bushel of sage, you know? <laughs> and I, that, that's extreme, but to understand space retains energy. It's like dust. You, you can't see it. It's on it. So to, to smudge it and clear it is really important. And then if, you know, I, and I like thrift store too, you know, it's like I clean, I clean my clothes. I dry clean them before I take them to the thrift store, oh, you wow. know, but I also do that when I bring wow. them to my space. I wash, I wash them, right? Like, and then, you know, shoes. I don't really do shoes that much, but I have gotten some like really great shoes. I do the same thing with the shoes. I smudge them. Okay. You know, I clean, being practical, I clean what I can. Um, but yeah, some of this. Yeah, a little extra, a little extra yeah, a little power extra. for the well, energy. Yeah. So our, yep. our last question is a really, a really kind of powerful one about, um, it's from Sarah. She says, I've been out of my apartment for almost 11 months due to a water leak from the apartment above yeah. me. It's a long, complicated story, but basically I'm now in a lawsuit with the previous owner, a death estate, and the new owners. Neither wants to take responsibility for the water damage and mold that's caused my apartment to be uninhabitable. I have two children. I've exhausted all my money as well as my ex-husband's on rehousing. And now I'm living in my kid's bedroom in my ex-husband's apartment. That's terrible. And in August of last year, I was starting to teach kids yeah. full-time out of my apartment. However, all of that came to the an abrupt end as water leak increased with the mold. So she wants to know about space yeah. clearing. And what do you say to that? That's a whole lot of, uh, a whole lot of sadness there. Yeah, that's there. a whole lot of, yeah. yeah. That's it. That I, there's so many levels to that. Um, and you know, some of it I'm going to address because I don't know if she owns the apartment or she rents, is it a condo, right? Mm -hmm. Like what, what is the nature? Because first of all, it's, I'm so happy she's not living in that mold that makes you sick. Yeah. I, I had an experience in an apartment where I had mold from water leak. This is way before I did feng shui and made me very sick. And so it's really important that she's out of that. And that, you know, I, this would be the kind of thing if I was working with somebody, like lots of questions about sort of who owns it, the building. First of all, the water leak for the people above. If that's still going on, like 11 months later, that's a problem for the building. That's not just the owners. That's a problem for the building. And it it, it directly yeah. affect Sarah, but like, that's just not a good building to be living in energetically. Mm -hmm. Everything that's going on above her was affecting her and then including the leak, which is the money drain. And I, I would look at that and say, if I own that, I would, I don't know whether I could sell it, but I would probably try to sell it. But I, I, you know, I don't think she's the owner. I think she's a renter. Yeah. So she's yeah. a renter. Right. So I would be out of there in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And I don't know whether it sounds like it's, it's not being used and she may be paying rent. I don't know, but I would feel that as, yeah. as uh, I lived in an uninhabitable, that's a key word, by the way, like something that's uninhabitable, yeah. you can't live in it that I don't know what the arrangement is if she's renting it, but she should not, I would, I would not pay rent. Right. I would be Stop living, I would figure out other, yeah, that's just, that's just a place you want to be out of. And if there's like damages and you're trying to recoup that at the lawsuit, I would deal with that separately, but yeah. also take care of myself, which it sounds like she is, even if it's uncomfortable right now, yeah. like she's out of it with her children. Yeah. And part of it is then what, 
what does she need to be doing to, you know, that may be temporary and we have to do that sometime to see right. where she could be going next, but not well, be going lawsuits back. I wouldn't go are back. kind that of, uh, lawsuits are untenable. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're That's stuck in this limbo pattern too. When yeah. In a lawsuit. Yeah, so do, do you ever it's deal with bad. that in feng shui? Like if someone's sort of in between in a, in an, an uninhabitable thing, but then in a, crappy living situation that they're sort of stuck there like that might be a whole other that might be something right. for your for an right. astrology reading to treat too that's but. a whole other thing <laughs> that's a whole other thing like right because they're they're well yeah. yes yeah. yes i i what i was gonna the, the the final thing i was gonna say about that yes i mean i actually had a ceiling cave-in in my apartment Whoa. and i clicked as uninhabitable and the owner knew enough that she was a managing agent like that I could have taken it. Now I was living in New York city. I had resource, I had places to go to report it. And then yeah. they knew if I did that, that they were going to get in trouble. So they responded yeah. and they put me in a room and then I came back, but that's not what I'm hearing here. It's just, I'm not sure what the other things are, but I do think sometimes we just need, it's just a bad living situation, right? Yeah. It's just, there's so many things you just have to say, this is not good living. I don't, I can't fix it. Maybe I can mm -hmm. reclaim damages, but I need to move on. And I, I would say there's very few places that I've ever said that, but I've worked with people who say, this is not, it is first of all, making you sick. I saw people become very depressed by water problems mm -hmm. in a big, beautiful house. It was their house. Water. I said, you need to move. I said, we have a three-year plan. I said, I would make it a three-month plan. <laughs> wow, like, wow. That's how probably, and I'm very serious that there are certain things where it's like, it's just not a good situation. And no matter yeah. what you do, you're not going to make it better. So if she can recoup for damage is great. She can move on. That would be great. Yeah. And and I know it's temporary and it's hard, but that that I just, from what I read, right? From what I know. Yeah, temporary is the key word here. Like you don't want to be stuck like not moving right. on, but just, you took the lesser of the two evils. You got yourself out of that uninhabitable yeah. situation. And so, yes, you're at your ex-husband's yeah. in the kid's yeah. room. That's rough, but you're not there. And, you know, just make sure you're getting that emotional support to really, you know, move forward and not yeah. carry that yeah. water, water yeah. leak depression with you into that next Terrible. It's loss yeah. of money. It's health. It's everything. Really. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. So just, you know, if you find yourself in that situation, yeah, just yeah. keep, yeah. find a way to keep hope flowing so that you don't, you know, that water damage yes. doesn't creep into your soul and your psyche, I yes. guess. So, you know, cause yep. we can bring that damage from an old place with us. Smudge yourself exactly. as if you were, one, that Porsche that, uh, you know, Kate's husband <laughs> bought, you know. <laughs> well, thank you so much wow. for taking the time to thank do this. You. Is there anything, um, should people follow you on Instagram and where, you know, Kate-McKinnon, M-A-C-K-I-N-N-O-N.com. Yes. We'll have all of, we have all of her handles yes. in, the, in the show description. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook. You know, I'd love to hear from people. 
um, I, and my website, you can sign up for my nine easy, so it's easy feng shui, nine tips. Yeah. Um, and sign up for my newsletter and that if you want to reach me, there's also a place there where you can book a, I have a 30 minute complimentary call. So people interested in talking with me and finding out more, see if there's something they want to do, um, by all means contact me. I'm, awesome. I'm happy to be here. Happy to help. I'm sure lives are changed in those 30 minutes. So yes, if you're in, if you're interested in finding out about working with Kate, I can attest. She, yes. I, I went from having an uncomfortable apartment to having two apartments and a house after you feng shui me. So, uh, seven years I later, too. talk about expansion. That is your specialty. So thank you. And yes. Uh, I'll see Thank you guys. You. Yes. Uh, and we'll be back with another episode. Um, and we'll have you on again, Kate. So everybody go shway the cray away, as I like to say. And uh, you know, talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for the Astrology of Success podcast. You can follow us on iTunes at Astro Twins Radio and come get all your horoscopes at astrostyle.com. See you soon.